Welcome to the One in Five of Us Changing the Mental Health Landscape podcast. We are working to stop the stigma and start the conversation about mental health. One in five people will experience a mental health condition, but it takes on average eight to 10 years for someone to seek treatment. Hi, I'm Nancy Miller, the founder and executive director of One in Five, and I'm thrilled to host this podcast to help educate our community around mental health and wellness and to empower you to start the conversation. And I'm Kayla Wood, the social media specialist at One in Five. Together, we can stop the stigma and start the conversation. You belong here. We belong together. Joining us today, we have Machin Champion. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited. Um, so first, can you just tell us a little bit about your background? Yes, I am a licensed professional counselor supervisor and a registered play therapist. Um, so those fancy letters just mean that I am a therapist. Um, and I specialize in working with children, um, particularly elementary age kiddos and their families. Um, so I've been doing that with Catalyst Counseling for the last several years uh, and where I worked at a school. Um, because prior to being a counselor, I was a first grade teacher. And so that's kind of how I got really interested in self-care was um, my start with supporting the, you know, as a former teacher, seeing that need and then kind of segueing into my work as a therapist that I can support teachers now in a different way and, and families and things like that. So um, that's, that's what I do now. I do a couple different things with Catalyst. Um, I'm the director of child clinical services, continuing ed and our counselor intern program. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah I have lots of different hats. <laughs> it's fun. It keeps it, it keeps it exciting. Yeah. It does. It does. All right. So would you just want to describe for everyone how you um, would talk about self-care? Yes. Um, I love thinking about this question because I think there is not, at least for me, there's not necessarily a straight up and down definition that, um, you know, that self-care can be a lot of things. And I, this is kind of a backwards way to answer this question, but I'm going to go for it because I want to kind of dispel some myths about what self-care isn't before I say what self-care is. Um, you know, that I think in, especially kind of in our culture, that self-care has this almost a stigma around it, that it has to look a certain way or be a certain thing, that you have to spend money on it, that it's extravagant, that it's just like, you know, I went for a spa weekend and now I'm done for this year. That was my self-care. Uh, and so I think, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I mean, if that spa weekend is your thing, then go for it. But self-care at, at its core is something that's purposeful and that it's about giving back to yourself, that it's about showing up for you and taking care of your needs, whether that's physical, emotional, spiritual, relationally, um, that self-care can be a lot of different things, but it's a deliberate practice of taking care of yourself. Uh, and so whatever that looks like to each person, because it's going to be different for everybody, um, that, that that makes it okay, that it's, a, it's just a practice. It's not necessarily a one-time thing or an event, that that's really, for me, self-care is something that you can do daily. Uh, that's not a lot of time. It doesn't have to be a special travel excitement or something else, that it's just really a practice of showing up for yourself. Um, and whatever it is should really leave you feeling energized. Um, and you shouldn't be tired afterwards, that it's something that fulfills you um, and actually gives you more energy so you can go and do, you know, go and be happy in life. That's great, because I know a lot of times people, uh, 
it, it's usually about the spa weekend that they're talking about. This is my self-care. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's awesome. But what do you, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. What do like, you do every day? Every day or like, you know, I think about like, I, I would love a spa weekend. Uh, then I, my mind immediately goes to, and then I'm going to have to find, you know, care for my dog. Or if you've got kids, who's going to watch the kids. And then this is money. And then I've got to pay to get there. I'm like, whoo, I'm like anxious thinking about something that's supposed to help me feel less anxious. Um, yeah. So it's like counterproductive to think about mm-hmm. that. So, you know, it, it's, it's simple things too, at the end of the day that, you know, a lot of times it's just like drinking water and making sure you eat. Um, moving at some point during the day. And for me, um, a lot of self-care is breath work and really making sure that you're connecting back to yourself um, and checking in with who you are, like how you're feeling in this moment. Um, but breathing is a big one. And it's a super simple thing um, that that's powerful and free and it goes with you wherever you go. <laughs> exactly. That that is self-care. If you're acknowledging that you have a need or the feeling, you know, even acknowledging that you have feelings, I think. <laughs> Uh, a lot of times is self-care because we don't allow ourselves time to feel, to slow down. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Um, there's a Brene Brown quote. Um, I forget. I'm going to get it wrong a little bit. So, but that's okay. It's something about how she says that we need to let go of exhaustion as a status symbol and make time for rest and play. Um, that's a paraphrase of Brene Brown's beautiful wisdom. Um, but I love that point that it's true. It could be just laying in the grass and acknowledging for a minute that this is too much. This is, ah, (laughs) and then breathing, like that's showing up for yourself in that moment. Cause you know, allowing yourself to feel is a big part of, of self-care. Right. And going back to your point, I do think people think it has to be this big spa weekend or facial or whatever, but it can really just be taking a moment to breathe and collect your thoughts. Yeah. Absolutely. I know for me, like, um, usually I show my water bottle at this point who I've named Bubba, which many of you have probably seen me carry around. But like, for me, that was a big, simple goal that I got a giant water bottle with a straw and I put stickers on it. And that's showing up for myself because I need to be hydrated. And so uh, that's something simple that goes with me. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Um, And I left Bubba downstairs. I have a different one this morning, but um, I mean, it's, it's that it, you know, that was $10 at Walmart and then it's fun and I don't lose it. And it's, that's what I need throughout the day. Cause I'll go home and I'm like, how much water have I drank? None. <laughs> One of my brain feels like a raisin. Like, yeah. mm. absolutely. I think yeah. like a lot of people think that, like you were saying, like self-care has to be so extravagant, whatever, but it, it's literally just like taking care of yourself. Mm. That's, that's it. It's so simple. Um, Yeah. So Mm -hmm. kind of like moving forward, how can self-care help during, you know, COVID and all of these like racial injustices that we're seeing throughout the country and the world right now? Yeah. I just, I feel, I thought about that question. It makes my, like, I had to take a deep breath for a second because that's a heavy question. Um, You know, I think I, I think just to think about self-care and to, you know, I'm, I've told all of you, I think I'm a brain nerd. Um, so just to think, you know, step back for a minute and think about what's happening that collectively we're experiencing this, like we've been in fight or flight when COVID hit since like March, like that's exhausting. Our nervous systems, we've been going, 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 and it hasn't been time for rest because things just keep coming up. Um, and so I know a lot of us, at least in my circle and what I've heard, heard you know, from teachers and the families I work with that we've hit the point of kind of a collapse, that we're tired, we've used our energies, our, our nervous system is shutting down. 
um, just like in general and in each of us, because we're just so tired, we haven't had a time to rest. And so I think that, uh, with that, like self-care is so, so important because when we have time to just pause and acknowledge what's going on and checking in with ourselves, um, and then, and doing something about it, then being purposeful, that we're going to expand our capacity to hold this tough stuff. You know, I, I think about, especially with, you know, racial injustice that, you know, these people, you know, people of color have been experiencing this collective exhaustion for years. Like this is their whole lives. You know, that hits so heavy for me that this isn't something new for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for many of us though, that are doing this, our anti-racist work, it's hard. And, you know, so self-care plays into that, that when we can pause and really examine our own biases and and discriminations that we held and our our beliefs, that taking time to think about that and doing our own work uh, around that is going to help us show up better to do the work that needs to be done to show up for these vulnerable populations that we, you know, when we're tired or overwhelmed, we react without thinking sometimes, you know, well-intentioned, but we're tired. We don't, we can't think through things. And so pausing for ourselves and, and, you know, just being with whatever it is that we're feeling and being honest about that is going to help us do more work and show up for the people that need it most. Um, and whatever, you know, however that looks in, in our communities. So, you know, and we know too, with, with COVID and all, you know, our, our work with racial injustice, that this isn't over, (laughs) this is a long road ahead. And we think about that and that too is overwhelming. Um, And so we need to take time to make sure our cups, you know, or our buckets, however, whatever metaphor you want to use that our buckets are full so we can continue pouring out to other people. Um, You know, I see that as a work is my work as a therapist that I can't show up for my clients when I'm exhausted or I haven't had time to sort through my stuff. I see it in the teachers that are out there coming back to school as parents, you know, just as people and whatever work that we're doing, we're going to be, you know, better able to care and, and love and support and, you know, show up. I just keep saying show up because, you know, that can mean a lot of things um, in a lot of different ways, being vocal, um, speaking out, you know, against injustice, whatever that is, that we have to have energy to keep doing that. Um, and so giving ourselves permission to rest and re-energize ourselves to keep going um, is super yeah. important. And I actually um, kind of have a follow-up to that. So I've noticed like in my personal experience, especially with like this, like very important work of like anti-racism and like um, being there for the vulnerable populations you were just talking about. Um, I, I get like exhausted with social media and like, that's terrible. Cause like social media is my job here. Mm. Um, but I <laughs> like, I've noticed like, especially the past couple months, like, I'm not take I'm not like using my personal social media at all. I get on Facebook to do one in five stuff. I get on Twitter to do mm. one in five stuff. And then I immediately like shut it off because I can't like handle it. Like it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something like Kayla, that's a beautiful point that I, I think it's something, you know, to consider for everybody is an aspect of self-care that we want to watch, you know, watch what we're ingesting in that way that over, you know, over sensationalized stuff is out there and it's hard to know you know, there's just lots of things coming at us. And so I think that's a really good point to be mindful about what we're, what we're looking at in that way and to give ourselves permission to take a break um, from social media too, 
because there's some beautiful aspects yeah. of it. And then there's, it's draining. <laughs> it can be really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So many people feel like they don't have the time to create a self-care routine. Mm. What advice do you have for that person? Oh, I hear that one a lot. And I feel it <laughs> even as, you know, I say all of this stuff and I'm like, I also recognize that I'm a human and imperfect human being. So I like talk about self-care and I'm not great at it because life is busy. Like there's lots coming at us, but I think, I think my, you know, advice would be, and even for myself is to first get curious. Um, and that can, what I, what I mean by that is just getting curious in a non-judgmental space about where you're at with your self-care practice. Um, you could say journey too, cause it's a lifelong thing, right? It's not something again that we're going to stop doing that we have to keep going. Um, but to get really curious about where you're at, um, you know, and I will share some different tools, um, about, you know, if you like to do kind of some assessments or some self insight kind of things, um, activities, to get, you know, to help you get curious about, I don't even know where to start. Um, sometimes the idea of that is overwhelming. So just exploring in whatever way that could be, if you like a little quiz or you want to, you know, think about domains in your life. Um, and, and then I would say, you know, get curious, be okay with whatever the answer is. Cause it, you know, part of self-care is self-love and self-compassion, um, and being okay with where you're at. Um, and then to start small, uh, you know, we can, you know, you do some of these assessments and you're like, Whoa, there's lots of areas in my life that I am not satisfied with right now. And then you're like, that's, that's overwhelming and defeating and can lead you to give up. So if you just pick one thing to start with, like I gave my example of my water bottle, um, for me that helped with my, I'm a, um, I graze throughout the day. <laughs> I will just eat all day. I'm a bored <laughs> eater. Um, so that helped, you know, had an impact on me eating better throughout the day. It's just like more healthy. I wasn't snacking as much. Um, I was better hydrated. I had more energy and that's all it was, was my water bottle. And I started small, um, you know, or if you're thinking about exercise, okay. So maybe it's getting, you setting an alarm on your, you know, iPhone or I, um, I watch has it Apple watch. There you go. Has it, um, or an alarm on your phone to get up every hour and move if you're at home and on the computer, like start small and, and be okay with that. Cause change is hard. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, and then just kind of experiment, I say would be like kind of step three for people that feel too busy. Um, just try different things and really work on holding a safe space for yourself to see what works and what doesn't work. Uh, cause you're going to find out you're going to do something you're like, Ooh, <laughs> that's awful. I don't like that. Or that was, that did not help at all. Um, and that's okay. Cause you're going to learn. You're like, Oh yeah, that, that doesn't, that routine doesn't work for me, but maybe this does. Um, you know, and just having conversations and, and just getting curious. I don't know. I say that a lot, but that's really a good place mm-hmm. to start for people and to start small mm-hmm. and think simple. Well, it's sort of a segue. You, um, you talked about some, um, some resources, some apps and that kind of thing. And yeah. that sort of plays into the next question of uh, what kind of resources do you recommend to people? Yes. Okay. So this one, I've been pondering this question because there's a lot of different answers and it, it depends. So I will share some of my favorites because it depends on how you like to learn. Um, I love to read. So I have some books that I recommend. Um, and then I have a few apps and then maybe some websites that people can, um, look up with. But as far as like books goes, um, I always reckon, um, recommend Brene Brown, especially the gifts of imperfection. If I could download her wisdom into my brain, I would, I would love that. But 
uh, Brene Brown. Kristen Neff is um, a really wonderful author about self-compassion, um, which is a big part of, of self-care, that that's that internal way we think about and love on ourselves. Um, the five love languages, uh, if you guys haven't read those or aren't familiar, those are wonderful, especially in your relationships and connecting to other people. I know I did that when I first got married and that was a game changer for us because we had different love language. We were on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and so that was really, really wonderful. A way for self-care. Uh, Dan, Dr. Dan Siegel, um, he's got some wonderful works, uh, books about you know, parenting and different things, but mindfulness in particular of making it accessible to everyone that it doesn't have to be all this clinical language that um, Dan Siegel's work is is pretty revolutionary. I, I love all of his work. Um, another one I recommend would be Caroline Welch, The Gift of Presence. Um, she really, she knows Dan Siegel and that book in particular is for women and, and um, talking about showing up in life and mindfulness practices, um, particularly for women. That's a good one. For teachers, I recommend Onward. Um, that is a book about cultivating resilience. And so there's a book and then there's a workbook. Um, we use that at our teacher wellness program at Catalyst. My coworker, um, Sharon, went out and trained with um, Elena, the author of that book. Uh, the other one that's a really fun one online that I think is really helpful for people to get started is SAMHSA's Eight Domains of Wellness. That there's, It's a pretty nice PDF. It's free if you Google the Eight Domains of Wellness. Uh, there's like a self-assessment. It gives you ideas, just some things, some guides um, that way to just get, again, get curious about where you're at. Um, I wrote down some other apps here that have come recommended by myself and some other of my coworkers. I was asking around to see what other therapists recommend. Um, one was Insight Timer, that that's a really good one that's all sorts of different activities and different lengths of time. So if you only have a minute, and uh, my coworker said it goes up to 17 hours. So if you want to really be intense and like, I don't, that's a lot. I don't know what you're doing for that long, but super mindfulness. Um, Calm, that's my personal favorite. I love that one. I don't know if it's still free for teachers. It used to be, but um, you can pay for the year and there's some free ones on there too. There's stuff for kids, there's stuff for adults. You can do it in the car. Um, you can have Matthew McConaughey read you a bedtime story. Um, Headspace is another great app that um, we use a lot at Catalyst. And then I wrote down three names for some podcasts too, if we want um, a list. Uh, Mark Groves, Adam Grant, and Lori Santos are three that have come highly recommended um, just about doing some self-care work and, and reflection and, and self-growth. I, I think too, you know, like you guys at One in Five are a beautiful resource. I encourage people just to reach out. I mean, and the other thing I want to talk about self-care, just to throw it out there, is that therapy's cool. It's okay to go to therapy. Um, you know, that that's it that could be a huge, beautiful part of self-care. Maybe that's because you're overwhelmed and you don't know where to start yeah. and it's just tough and you're having a hard time keeping going. It's okay to not be okay and it's okay to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, that's another part of this too, that I want to make sure, you know, as a therapist, I feel like it's my due diligence to, to put that out there, but um, <laughs> we're here to help and it doesn't have to be weird. It gets to look like a lot of different things. Um, you know, if you're struggling, your family, your kiddo is having a hard time, yeah. reach it, out. It's a, you know, there's a, there's so many challenges that we really encourage people to think about that right now. And mm-hmm. with telehealth, it's so much easier. You can yep. do it at home. You don't really, you know the connection can be so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, 
it's been pretty amazing to see how many more people we can serve because of because of technology in this way. <laughs> Even right. kids, like I get to see all my school, you know, in school closed, I was still working um, in Hamilton and I got to see all my kids even though I didn't get to see them in person. And it was wonderful. It's been wonderful to be back safely in person when we can't, but um, yeah, I encourage it. And did it go well with the kids being virtual? It depends. I think on the, I see a lot of littler kiddos. So it was a wonderful chance to get family a little bit more involved. Um, so it didn't always look exactly the same as when they come into my playroom. Um, but I think it's it for a lot of kids. It is, it's awesome. And it works, you know, it works really well. It's not the same. It's an adjustment, obviously, just like it is, you know, to see if you're an adult seeing somebody over the screen rather than in person. But um, I think it's been, it's really great. It's been a learning experience for all of us, but I, I'm grateful for it, that that can still happen. Yeah. 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 So is there anything that we didn't talk about that you recommend for people? We talked about the therapy and some of the other tools, but before mm. we close here, is there anything else you want to touch on? <gasps> I do. I just thought about this, um, that with all of this work and it is serious work taking care of ourselves, it's serious work being safe during COVID. It's serious work fighting racial injustice. So I encourage people to take time to play. Um, and it doesn't have to be playing with Legos on the floor unless that's your thing. Um, I still love Legos and I'm a grown woman. Um, however, I recognize that not everybody likes to do that. So, um, there, Dr. Stuart Brown is, uh, a really incredible researcher and has studied play his whole life. And he outlines these different play personalities for adults. Um, so I encourage you guys, it's a really easy to read book, or you can just Google his play personalities and get curious about how we can play in our lives that he, he suggests that the opposite of play isn't work, that the opposite of play is actually depression. Um, and so, you know, you can read, you could talk about play for forever as a play therapist, but I think even as adults, it's really important to find ways to play. Um, you know, he talks about collecting is your thing. If you like to organize stuff, that's playing, that's fun. Um, there's different ways. And so get out there and have fun, laugh, read, be creative, find time for self-expression, whatever play looks like to you that I think that that's super duper important to consider in your, when you're, you know, thinking about your self-care practice that find time to laugh and be silly. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay to put away the seriousness of the world for a little bit as you're coming back to yourself and connecting to who you are. Cause again, you're not going to be able to help everyone else. And, you know, love is, is deeply if your, your bucket isn't full. So including that too, uh, play is play is important. I was just going to say, you don't really think about like playing as an adult. So I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. But I encourage Dr. Stuart Brown. That's his, I can't take credit for that. Um, that's all his wonderfulness, but the play personalities are really, really neat. There's lots of different things um, to read about that online to, if you're curious about him and his work. Well, thank you for being with us today. You've given us so much good advice, and especially during this COVID time and racial unrest, I think it's so important that people make it a priority. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, we um, we have a, our podcast are available online, and then we also have a, a series of webinars right now. Um, Mation actually did one of the self-care videos, and she did an amazing job, so go check it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, educate yourself and um, as, as we said, make it a priority and um, you will, I guarantee you will feel better. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
I agree. Thank you. Um, This has been wonderful. It was fun to meet with you all today. And um, yeah, this is great. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about this episode, you can check out our show notes and access additional information on our website at 1n5.org. We ask that you please subscribe, rate, write a review, or share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested in hearing more about how we are changing the mental health landscape. Again, I'm Nancy. And I'm Kayla. And we hope you'll join us next time as we talk with two college students about the impact of COVID on their mental health and education. We'll talk with Delaney, a senior at Xavier University, and Carmen, a sophomore at the University of Cincinnati, about their experiences with the pandemic and how students are being affected. See you then. You belong here. We belong.